frothing purple lavender. Roses melted into one another like scoops of ice cream. Her eyes rested on the corner by the far wall, where, under the spreading bough of a cherry tree, lay a patch of long, glossy grass. The tree had been planted in the year after the war, and she had watched it grow. Every autumn, leaves fell from the cherry and covered the grass around its trunk. She never raked them up. Nettles flourished in this corner. For the butterflies, she conceded. And she allowed ivy to grow wild, crawling from the stone wall between the garden and the churchyard to tangle itself around the tree. Every year, the creeping ivy fingers reached further still. I like this bedroom. I like this view, she told herself. I can keep watch from here. She used to be able to see so much further from the window. Beyond the stile that marked the edge of the glebe, even to where the footpath snaked over the rise of the headland on the far horizon. She could, however, still make out the old letterbox that once belonged to Pengarrod Farm. It stood, rusting on a pole by the stile, guarded by brambles. During the war, the postman only went so far, and it was up to Bettany or Ted Cumberpatch to come and fetch their own post, walking the two miles across the headland from Pengarrod Farm to Trelewin. A lifetime ago. From the cooking aroma rising up the stairs, Rose calculated she had about fifteen minutes' peace before she'd be called by her daughters for dinner. Lara was cooking chicken fricassee, downstairs in her kitchen. It was one of Bettany Cumberpatch's recipes, which always work. A special meal, before the three of them left tomorrow on their trip to Prague. That was Lara's thing, cooking. Her elder daughter Nancy's thing was finding fault. If Rose was to have her way, it would have been fish and chips from the village. So much easier when there was all the packing to do. But then Nancy would not have approved. Rose sighed, squinting hard through the fading late afternoon light at the rusting letterbox, remembering how, when she worked as the Cumberpatch's land girl, she used to reach in, past cobwebs and snails for their post. She wanted to go down there now, and grasp that stupid pole, wrench it from the ground and sling the whole thing over the hedge. She didn't want a celebratory meal. She didn't want the fuss. But ever since she had found the letters under the floorboards in the spare room, her life had become one big fuss. They were such innocent things. Three simple brown envelopes. Christoph had addressed them so diligently to her at Pengarrod Farm, and yet they never made it to her. They only got as far as that cursed letterbox for Pengarrod. When she unearthed them, was it really three months ago? There, amid the dust between the joists, her tremendous shock, crumbling voice and darting fingers compelled her daughters to radiate towards her and fill her head with their voices and their concern. The trip to Prague was their idea. They coaxed her and protected her. They tried to make it all right but all she wanted was the peace and space to remember.
They were having an Indian summer in Cornwall. She smiled and leant a little further from her window, tasting the sweet, balmy air tinged with a tang of sea salt, watching the church tower bask in the afternoon light. In Christoph's language, September was Zarji, the month that glows with colour. How right he was. She kept his words alive, kept his memory bright. In the dark, every night before she drifted off to sleep, the thoughts and words spinning through her head were in check. It had been another warm day. The day of the haymaking at Pengarrod during the war, when she and Christoph had laughed deeply into each other's faces, their clothes stuck with seed heads, their eyes full of the low golden sun. He bent close to speak to her.